Every business should have access to high-speed internet, no matter where they are. But getting fast speeds in rural Canada hasn't always been easy, which meant less reliability, scalability, and connectivity. ExploreNet Enterprise Solutions has the network to help you do business virtually anywhere in Canada. With extensive fiber, fixed wireless, and satellite networks, we're bringing the high speeds of the big city to small towns, to tiny towns, and even no towns. No matter your business size or location, get connected today with ExploreNet Enterprise Solutions. Are you ready to clear a new path? Welcome to Clearing a New Path podcast, a space for the underrepresented voices of women entrepreneurs in rural Canada. I'm your host, Shauna Ray. Each episode, guests will speak authentic truth because it's the truth that connects us. Each one inspires us all to take up space within our own communities and within the business world, reminding us that each path can be messy and unique. Join us on the journey, clearing a new path. Justine Anderson says she is a folk herbalist, soap maker, artist, writer, flower sniffer, garden and cat caretaker, astrologer, and tarot card reader. She owns and operates Wildflower Co. Botanicals in rural Newfoundland in the scenic Codroy Valley, where she sells body care products and hosts workshops and retreats. The story of how Justine wound up there, though, is fascinating. She left the food industry as a chef after suffering unbearable eczema on her hands. Following the wise advice of a colleague, she tried calendula, and that launched her interest in flowers as healing. Wildflower Co. Botanicals is a small batch apothecary specializing in handmade cold processed soaps hydrosols, 100% natural body care, soy candles, and hand-picked organic and wild herbal teas. Justine recently purchased a still. And while speaking with her, I could actually imagine her stirring it and preparing her creations. When I asked Justine how she knew that her love of working with and creating products from flowers would actually sustain her as a business, and frankly, make her some money, she said she just had an inner knowing, and that she was to embrace her role and accept that this was what she was supposed to be doing. But there were pockets of doubt, as it is for so many of us, some of her hardest won battles were with her biggest critic, herself. But she persevered. 
What struck me about Justine was that she seemed to radiate positive energy and inclusiveness. I also loved that she believes that if our ancestors hadn't used plants for healing, we couldn't have survived. All of Justine's products are made with sustainability in mind, using plastic-free, reusable, and compostable packaging wherever possible, and sourcing only high-quality organic ingredients and ethically wild-crafted local botanicals. Justine says her products are made with the intention to soothe body and spirit. She is a huge proponent of land stewardship. And in that spirit, her business is currently operating from the whimsical Burt Bark Eco Inn headquarters. Okay, Justine, where do you hail from? Where in rural or remote Canada are you? I hail from Eastern Shore, Nova Scotia, which is about an hour outside of Halifax. And yeah, I grew up like in the woods, basically. And (laughs) yeah, like definitely very rural area. Um, Very just was at the lake all the time and in the woods all the time. That was my childhood. And now I'm living in very rural Newfoundland and I'm in the Codroy Valley and if anyone doesn't know the Codroy Valley it is just like a super majestic place to google it (laughs) Uh, the mountains are absolutely beautiful well just picture like being surrounded by oceans and mountains like the best of all of it (laughs) well let's talk about how you wound up in this beautiful, magical spot that you are in. How did you come from Eastern, granted Canada, but to even the far, the farther East spot where you are now? <laughs> yeah. A lot of people ask me that, like, especially I did live in port bass for a while when I first moved here. And that's, yeah, a very, very small town. As soon as you arrive in Newfoundland, you're in port bass if you come off the ferry. And I got asked that a lot, like, why, why here? What brought you here? And um, I was living in Halifax in the city before I moved here. So it was like, what well, people were like, why would you, why would you move from the city to here? And um, it was just kind of like one of those transitional times in my life. I had been working as a chef full time. Um, I went to culinary school. I was like, okay, this is my life. I Loved it. I loved the, well, yeah, I loved parts of the industry, but I just, I loved working in kitchens and cooking. Had my own health issues uh, that stopped me from being a cook. I had really bad eczema that flared up on my hands. And probably anyone who's a cook out there listening to this knows that struggle because it kind of goes hand in hand with being a cook for a lot of them. It's a a lot of the cleaners and just different things can cause contact dermatitis. So um, basically doctors told me like, don't, don't be a cook anymore. Like your skin's too bad. Don't like find a new path. And so I was kind of just figuring things out. This was like at 25. So (laughs) I was just like, okay, let's change, (laughs) change gears here. And my dad was living over in Newfoundland. He kind of is a wanderer as well. And he ended up over here. 
And so I kind of just followed him because he described it as this magical place. He was like, I'm right on the ocean, like, come over. And um, so I did. And I arrived here. <laughs> I arrived here in March. And yeah, if anyone knows Newfoundland weather, um, I moved over from Nova Scotia, where in March we were like, it was coming on spring. There was like some green grass starting to come up. And I came over in a jean jacket. And I arrived to like a frozen tundra, um, <laughs> literal just ice up the houses, like looked like the Arctic. I was like, okay, what have I done? Where am I? <laughs> I bet. <laughs> and so you ended up here in this magical place in Newfoundland mm-hmm. and you started your own business eventually. So tell me about how that evolved, because I think you leaving uh, the food industry had a little bit to do with how the evolution of your business came about. Well, it definitely did. Um, So the name of my business is Wildflower Company, and I make natural skincare and soaps. It was really just sort of a serendipitous chain of events. Um, One of my last cooking jobs, I remember being like, my hands were just in such bad shape. And I was literally in tears on the line. And I was like, I'm gonna have to go home. I just like my hands are too bad. I can't do this today. And this chef who was a sweet, sweet man, and he took my hands in his hands. And he said, you need calendula, you need to find calendula. Gibberish to me at the time. I was like, what is (laughs) Calendula, um, but it really planted a seed within me that like I did seek out calendula and this was at the time smartphones were just kind of becoming a thing. I probably could have just Googled it, but like I just kind of just looked for it in my life and I was at a farmer's market and there was a sweet old lady selling calendula bomb. Turned out we had very similar birthdays. We were both Leos and she said that she made the calendula bomb with calendula from uh, flowers she grew in her garden. And yeah. And she was just, I just like fell in love with her. And I was like, I want to make, go to farmer's markets and make calendula bombs and grow calendula. This is magical. And anyways, I bought her bomb. It was beautiful and healing. And that was, I, that was before I moved here to Newfoundland. So through the jigs and reels, as they say here in Newfoundland, once I moved here, I had all that calendula in my brain, like, okay, I, you can make natural skincare from flowers. Like this was all in my mind and my own natural healing journey was growing. And yeah, so when I ended up over here, I um, once the snow melted and the flowers started to bloom, I, I already had a deep love of nature and Newfoundland is just such a beautiful place that it's even if you aren't a nature lover you're just in awe like looking around it's just you become a nature lover even more and that definitely happened to me and through the this connection with wanting to find calendula and grow calendula I started to connect with the local wildflowers and learned that a lot of them had similar skin healing benefits to calendula. And I was like, wow, there's so much medicine just growing 
at our feet here and it just blew my mind so that's how I yeah just ended up falling so in love with the wildflowers and starting Wildflower Co. And There had to have been a little bit of obstacles, a little bit of challenge involved with starting your own business. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, there definitely was. I've said this before. I feel like the biggest challenge for me personally is my own self and my own like self-doubt and self-critic. I Luckily, I feel like I've had a really great support system like um where I live rural Newfoundland it's very small town close-knit but like I always have felt welcomed and my business as well is like I just feel like it's been embraced and welcomed and that yeah so that hasn't been a huge obstacle but like my biggest obstacle has just been learning and kind of just embracing my role and accepting my role and like accepting that I'm supposed to be doing what I'm supposed to be doing and not like getting in my own way. Well, you mentioned having self-doubt. So I wonder how you came to the belief that these things that you're making that you love and you want to share with other people, how did you have the belief that people would want to buy them and that it would make you money? The money part just sort of, that's something that's never been in my main focus. I mean, I know as a business person, I'm supposed to be focused on that and it is part of it. And it's definitely, it all comes with the territory and yes, you have to make money and sell things at the end of the day. But I just had this such a, I don't even know how to describe it. Like a, just a deep inner knowing that I was supposed to be working with the plants and that this is what I was supposed to be doing. That even when I was struggling and the business wasn't making a lot of money, I just kept with it because I felt so strongly that I was supposed to be doing this. And it might sound like really naive. um, But when I first started Wildflower Co, like I was so just growing that connection with the plants and calendula in particular, I remember reading that, just by being itself, just by being a calendula flower, it heals the surrounding soil and the ground. And it's really good to plant in your garden because it's just, it's good for the other flowers around it. It's good for the ground. And I was just like, wow, like it just made me want to help people care for themselves because I was, this is where it might sound naive. I just felt like when people are really cared for and really have self-care and self-love practices, they naturally help and heal what's around them. And that spreads in your community and your families. Talk to me about hydrosols and plant distillation. Why did you choose this particular process? Oh, okay. That's so exciting for me to talk about because I am a huge dork about this right now. I'm so excited that I finally got the still. Um, I invested in an alembic copper still to do plant distillation. And this is something that when I first started Wildflower Co, um, calendula, the flower that I've been talking about, that was like my gateway flower into the 
herbal realm. And then the next flower that really spoke to me and was a huge impact in my life was the wild roses that grow here. Um, the Rosa rugosa variety, but there's a few varieties of wild rose here. And I absolutely fell in love with them. And I started just making rose water, like a rose tea and using it to mm. wash my face and just <laughs> change my life. Anyways, I really always dreamed of being able to bottle that and sell it um, just to share that magic of the roses with other people because roses are just so healing. And to be able to bottle rose water, you need to distill it so that it's got a long shelf life. And that is what's called the hydrosol when you distill fresh plants and get the water from them to create hydrosol. It's a beautiful process. And um, another reason why I was passionate other than sharing the rose magic was you get the beautiful power of scent without using essential oils. Just you don't always know the quality you're getting when you buy essential oil. So I don't love supporting the essential oil industry or using them in my products, but I do love scent. I absolutely love that natural scent that you get from essential oils. So long story longer, through the magic of hydrosols, you get the beautiful scent from the plants by distilling it yourself through in-home distillation and yeah, you don't have to use essential oils or rely on the essential oil industry. So I'm really excited to be getting into that. I kind of visualize you stirring this almost <laughs> cauldron, right? Very cauldron-like. And, <laughs> and many years ago, and I guess not that many, mm-hmm. we were people were condemned for doing things like that, right? Like because people didn't understand what they were doing. Because people didn't understand that this is from the land and it does actually have going back to magical, but very biological and very science-based properties, it is healing. And now we're living in a world that's beginning to embrace something like that. And that's an exciting thing. How do you feel about that? The more we get back into those things that we we always did, like if humans didn't do that, if our ancestors didn't do these things, like we wouldn't have survived if we didn't have the plants, if we didn't have those connections to the land and respect for the land. So it just makes me so happy to see people getting more back into that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's a life, isn't it? It's a life. Yeah. It's having a life <laughs> that is based in nature. Uh, and I think uh, we have many of our ancestors to thank for that. You talked a, a little bit earlier that sometimes your own self-doubt is your biggest obstacle. It can yes. be. <laughs> yes. What advice would you give to someone like yourself who's living in a remote part of Canada, very small, and thinking they want to to do something that is very risky, that wouldn't necessarily be something that would bring them huge returns immediately. You mentioned, you know, you you didn't do it for the money. It was for the passion. So what would be your advice to that person who has this idea, this budding passion for something that they could do on their own? 
I would say if it's something that is really strong in your heart that keeps coming up, I would say just go for it. Do all you can to bring it to life. Um, Have patience. That is something I am always having to remind myself is just have patience. I feel like all our entrepreneurial spirited people um, are creative people in their own way. And we can also be really impatient because we can dream it, but it's not if it's not there right away, like you have to put the dream out there, nurture it, water it, let it grow. Everything has a ripeness in its own time of doing things. So you mentioned just now about a creativity that entrepreneurs have. Yeah. And what are what do you think some of the characteristics are that entrepreneurs have? Because I'm really curious. When you said you worked for other people people previously. I think a lot of entrepreneurs are led to go into business for themselves because it's difficult to work with other people. Is Are there other traits that you think are similar with entrepreneurs? Probably headstrong because we don't like to be told what to do. <laughs> like we do like march to the beat of our own drum kind of thing. We have to kind of, you know, follow our own path. Bravery always helps to like have some bravery to be able to call upon to be like, okay, I'm going to do this. Like it takes courage. And I don't know if all entrepreneurs that have this, but it's always good to have compassion as an entrepreneur and just understanding for your customers. And because at the end of the day, they're the people who are going to keep you in business. And uh, so you have to have compassion and like really uh, be understanding of your customers. What's one courageous thing that people can do today to get them on their own road? Let go of self-doubt. Let it go. If Yeah, if you're holding too tightly to like any kind of fear that's like, oh, I I can't do this because it's me or I can't let that go. If there's something that's really coming up for you, there's a reason for it. So just, I would say, follow that, follow your heart. Justine, thank you so much for joining us today. It has been a pleasure to hear about your whimsical, (laughs) inspiring life. So thank you. Oh, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure talking with you, Shana. If you like this episode, please subscribe, rate it, and leave a review. It really helps others find us. Clearing a New Path podcast artwork is supported by the graphic design of Katie Wilhelm. And the music branding is by Imagine a Dev Studios. The podcast is produced by Radar Media in Temp Centre, Ontario. It is the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe, Haudenosaunee, and neutral peoples who once used this land as their traditional beaver hunting grounds. The First Nations communities closest to this studio are Chippewa of the Thames First Nation, Oneida Nation of the Thames, Muncie, Delaware First Nation, and the Chippewas of Kettle and Stony Point. We will speak to many people across Turtle Island, and as a settler here, I'm committed to deepening understanding of Indigenous communities and reframing responsibilities to land and community. I am grateful to Mother Earth for the opportunity for love and connection. 
and to the spirits of the elders and the medicine people who still walk the earth. Until next time, 